I'm going to start out this week with a disclaimer. I am going to focus on a metaphor in this week's episode to make a larger point about something else, and I will get to that something else eventually, but it's going to take some time to set up first with this analogy or metaphor that I'm going to start with. But the thing about this metaphor is that it's based heavily on my own experiences of the metaphor. And so there may be listeners out there who may hear what I am going to describe, and they're going to react by saying, well, that's that's not what happens. That wasn't what it was like for me. That wasn't what I experienced at that point in my life. And I acknowledge that. And and I want to just, I want to lift that up right off the bat, because as with any analogy or metaphor, you can only stretch it or you can only apply it to a certain point before it begins to break down, either because the the comparison runs out, the, it, it, it reaches a point where you're you just not able to compare it with something else anymore, or because the listener is, is not able to completely relate to the metaphor because they have experienced the, the, the point of comparison in a much different way. So I want to acknowledge that right off the bat because what I am going to describe in just a few moments is very much colored, some might say tainted, by how I viewed and experienced these things in my own life. And that is going to perhaps become fairly clear as, as I begin to talk about it, because honestly, I didn't have necessarily the best experience with, with this particular thing. And, and maybe it was in part because I didn't have the best experience with this particular thing that the metaphor, at least in my view, works so well. So, if nothing else, I invite you to, if you have to, suspend your disbelief to a certain extent so that you might consider how I am applying it and my, my ultimate intentions in why I am using it. So, if nothing else, just stick with me till the end where everything is going to hopefully become much clearer. Do we have a deal? Okay. 
Let's talk about gym class. Gym class. For, for certain, the, this is still something, at least as far as I know, thanks to what my own kids tell me, this is still a thing, at least in elementary school. It's, I think it's still a thing in junior high or middle school. And depending on the requirements of your district, it, it starts to lessen in high school. I, I only had to take gym class my freshman and sophomore years, and then I didn't have to worry about it anymore. And, and But maybe, maybe that's different in, in your case. Maybe that was different in your own upbringing. Maybe that's different if you have kids in their experience. But, but that's, that's how long I had to endure gym class in my own life. So, gym class, if for whatever reason you are not familiar with the concept, is one of the four or five quote-unquote specials that a, a typical student would get to go to during a typical five-day school week. There, there would be art class there would be music class, there would be trips to the school library to get books, there was gym class, and at least for me, this might blow the mind of at least people who are younger than me, we had, in my elementary school, this would have been mid-late 80s, and very, very early 90s, we had religious education. That can be its own... Uh, th this was a public school, I, I must say. Pub in a public school, there was a religious education. We would go and mostly hear about Old Testament stories, and we had to memorize Bible verses. I'm getting way in the weeds. I will say more about that, I'm sure, on a future episode. But let's get back to gym class. Gym class was when your classroom, the kids in your classroom, would be shuffled off to the gym. Every once in a while, if it was a nice day, you might go outside and, and you would be told, okay, this week... During gym class, we are going to be playing this particular game. And I can recall we, we played all of the usual sports, or tried to anyway. Vo I remember volleyball. I remember softball. I remember basketball. Uh, dodgeball, of course, that old classic and then we would play some other activities. The, the, the overall point of gym class was it would be a way for you to learn these different games and to be a little bit active over the course of your day. So that, that's, that's what it was. And as far as I know, that's what it continues to be. Now, the thing about gym class is it has a structure. And that structure lends itself to varied experiences and 
reactions from the students who are required to be there. First off, again, you are required to take gym class. Unless you have some kind of a doctor's note or some other exemption, that that's what you you are there, and there is no getting out of being there, no matter your ability. The other thing, of course, the other part, main part of that structure is that you are there to do, as I've mentioned, the pre-selected activity for the day. You you can't choose an activity other than what the teacher has chosen. If the teacher says you're playing basketball, then you are playing basketball that day. You can't say to the teacher, you know what, I feel like playing kickball today, so I'm going to go over here and I'm going to play kickball by myself and the rest of you can play basketball instead. No, everybody had to play basketball. Again, didn't matter your understanding of the game, didn't matter your ability for the game, that's what you were to do. Now, that leads us to the, let's call it the diversity of experience of the gym class time. Those who were more naturally inclined, those who knew their bodies better, those who were more coordinated, those who were more skilled athletically, they would be able usually to roll with whatever it was that the teacher had chosen for that particular day. And they could roll with it, and they would do their best, and it would more often than not look completely effortless because that's just who they were in their bodies. That is to be contrasted with those who are less athletically gifted, less physically skilled, less physically capable. They, that is to say, I and others, would struggle a bit more. And may, maybe we could un, even understand the game at, at, a, at an intellectual level well enough. But nevertheless, we couldn't make our bodies do exactly what they were meant to do, no matter what the activity was. So, all of that is to say that the physically... The physical nature of gym class favors the physically capable. And I would say it, in turn, at least indirectly punishes the athletically incapable. Not, not, just, not just through people not being able to do the activity as well as others, but of course given the age and maturity level of the participants, one would also hear from their peers just how incapable they were. And so, as a result, for, for this set of people, 
gym class would become a, a reason for anxiety, a reason for hesitation, a reason for dread. It would be something to endure, something to ju- where, where the, those who were less inclined would more often than not do more often than not. I would, I would guess to, to this day, walk in thinking little more than let's just get this over with. So, gym class is an experience that is very structured, that says this is what you're doing, whether you like it or not, that rewards the capable and shames the incapable, and as a result, compounds that shame and compounds that dread for the person who doesn't want to be involved, or who is less capable of being involved. Now, my own experience, as I said, is all over this. And again, maybe for you, you were one of the lucky ones. You were one of the gifted ones. But again, stick with me, because this is part one of the metaphor. And now, in a few moments... We'll move on to part two, and I promise, eventually, I'll bring it all together. Welcome to the Coffeehouse Contemplative Podcast. So when I was a kid, there was a joke that we all had, and it's it's really a, a timeless joke. It, it's not a generational specific joke because my own kids do the same thing as I did decades ago, and and that is whenever. I would be asked, what, what's your favorite subject in school? There, we, my, my friends and I would always give most likely one of two answers. The first answer would be lunch. So, you know, who doesn't love lunch? The, the opportunity to go and, and eat food. Now, now, of course, again, much like religious education in in the first segment, I I could also comment, we, I could probably find a way to riff on the, the school bought lunches of our day and what we looked forward to and what we did not look forward to, what we tried to avoid as best we could. But, but the overall, the, the concept of lunch, what's your favorite subject in school? Lunch. 
and and that of course would be a bo- both a a statement about well I don't actually like learning anything but but it could also be you know well I just really love eating I I love getting out bags of doritos and drinking my milk and and that kind of stuff so that that was that was the first usual answer and and again my kids give the same ones to people. So I know that that th- this has stood the test of time. And this so that that's the one answer, the second answer. The second usual answer, what's your favorite subject in school would be recess. Recess, which usually, at least in my day, came right after lunch. You you would eat and then you would go outside and run around, and which which may not have been the best method. You you fill fill your stomach with 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 stuff, and then you go out, and it gets jumbled around as you're hopping, jumping, running, playing. But but as and as far as I know, that model has shifted where. I, I I believe at least at my daughter's school they do recess before lunch now, which I think is a smart move for the reasons I've mentioned. I'm getting into the weeds again. Let's talk about recess. Recess. That designated part of the day where you were unleashed onto the playground and you hoped that it wouldn't rain so that you could be released onto the playground. Indoor recess, at least in my experience, was a lot less fun because you're you're more confined to to a smaller space and and there there isn't as much that that you're able to do. My, I can recall classrooms that had board games, and those were fine. I loved Stratego in particular. But, but those sunny days, those warm days, when you could actually go out and run around and hop around as, as the lunch bobbed around in your stomach, those, those were the days that you wanted. That's the form of recess that you would hope for the most. So, so the thing about recess, when, when you are told, okay, go, go out and play for however long it, it was, however long the time was allotted. And from what I remember, it's, it's a pretty good chunk of time when, when that you're allowed to go out and do this. The thing about recess is not only are you freed onto the playground but then you are also you also have the freedom to choose what you do once you're out there so inevitably of course there would be pickup sports games of various kinds football soccer basketball kickball and and whatever else tetherball was always a popular one when i was growing up i think it still is but so you could pick that or you could choose not 
to do that. And maybe you would play some other games instead. The classics, Tag, Hide and Go Seek, games like that. You could even make up your own game. You know, spin spin on the merry-go-round as fast as you can, and the last person to go flying off wins. And then you get back on and you do it again. Games like that, just whatever popped into your head, whatever kind of rules popped into your head, you just go ahead and you, you do that. Or you could just use the playground equipment. The swings, the slides, the teeter-totter, seesaw, whatever it was called in, in your area, the the merry-go-round, and whatever else your school had. Or, or check this out, you could just choose to sit. You didn't have to swing, you could just sit on the swing. And maybe you and your friends, you would just hang out and talk, and may, maybe eventually you'd figure out something to do, but maybe you were just content to sit around and to talk about whatever it is that you wanted to talk about. Fa favorite, favorite games, favorite books, favorite cartoons, favorite movies, or whatever else. And there, there would be even people, even kids who might take a book outside and sit on a swing or sit under a tree and just enjoy the gift and wonder of reading. The point is, you could make your own decision about whatever it was. You had that freedom to do that. And a wonderful thing about that freedom is that there was much less judgment. I don't, I don't certainly say that there was zero judgment during recess because I know better, but there would be much less of it. Not everybody was expected to play basketball or football. Not everyone was expected to swing on the swings. Not everyone would be looked down upon because you weren't participating in the same activity as everyone else. Because by nature, you didn't have to if you didn't want to. Recess, as a result, was something more likely to be anticipated. It would bring a sense of joy. It would bring a sense of relief. It would bring a sense of excitement. People, kids would talk about, I can't wait till recess because we're going to do this and this and this. We're going to go out there and we are going to blow off steam and we are going to do what we want to do because it is that one of those few times of day throughout a very structured school day when you are able to do whatever it was that you wanted to do with less judgment, less shame, hardly at all a sense of anxiety or dread. Instead, joy, happiness, anticipation, excitement. That was a time when you could play whatever and however 
you wanted. You were truly free. And it was that freedom that would cause that the, that di much different set of emotions. So, that's the difference between recess and something much more structured, which is to say the rest of the school day. So now that I have spent so long setting up the metaphor, I guess it's finally time to bring it all home. reasons that we tend to dread certain activities in our lives? What, what is it that, that causes us to, to look at things, certain parts of our lives, cer certain upcoming events, or even daily tasks or daily obligations? Why, why is it that we maybe look upon at least some of them with greater anxiety and hesitation and dread. In other words, why might we be more inclined to view certain things that we have to do in terms of gym class, a gym class mentality? Well, among other reasons that perhaps we could list, some of those activities the, the activities that, that we are not looking forward to have more of a sense of obligation to them. They, they are things that we, we at least believe that we have to do. And there's no getting around it. There's no way we can avoid it. It's just an inevitable piece of our lives. And so we're going to have to endure it. And so we may, just as a certain subset of kids might approach gym class, we may walk into it thinking, let's just get this over with. And that will in turn affect our energy level and our passion level, or you might say, lack thereof. Another reason we might dread certain activities or events be due to our own, at least perceived, capability level. And we might not be as gifted for these tasks as we are for others or that others are for these particular things. And so because we're not as capable we, we might dread having to do them, but again, we have to do them. It may be a sense of imposter syndrome involved. We may actually be more capable than we think, 
but but we haven't totally bought into that yet. And so that that fear of being found out may play a role. There's a sense of perhaps shame that is involved. We we're there maybe there's something about certain activities or events that cause us to be ashamed and maybe that is tied to capability and imposter syndrome among other things. There may be we we may not receive a lot of encouragement if any at all regarding these sets of activities. So we might dread going through them because we know we're not going to receive any or very little positive reinforcement or positive comments for doing them or as we do them. And tied to obligation, we might dread certain activities because of the structure. There's a lot of structure involved. There are certain parts of it, or maybe the whole thing has been pre-selected for us. We can't say, no, I'm going to go over and do this other activity instead. No, we are under some kind of expectation that we are going to participate in this activity. So... That all is to say that certain activities, certain parts of our lives, may cause us to view them like we did, once upon a time, gym class. Because we have to, we're not as capable, or we don't feel as capable anyway. Maybe there's shame involved. Maybe we're, we're not going to receive a lot of encouragement as we do them, that, that there is a high level of judgment that we feel about it. And so these activities, they're like enduring gym class. Now, let's flip that over. Why do we anticipate certain activities or certain events, certain tasks in our lives? Why do we, why do we get excited about doing certain things? Well, it might be, among other reasons we could name, because there is a level of freedom involved. That there is something about it that encourages us to exercise our freedom in one way or another. That there, that there is more choice Involved. Maybe, maybe we're excited about certain things because we chose, we have chosen to do them to begin with. They were not foisted upon us. There, there's less obligation to them. It's because from the beginning, we were able to actually voice our decision to do them at all. And so because these are voluntary on our part, we are able to take more joy in doing them. Maybe part of the reason we anticipate certain things in our lives is because they fit our interest and they fit our capability, and they fit our skill set more. And that's related to choice. That's why we chose them, because we are actually interested in them. 
And part of that might be because we are capable of doing them, or at least we are interested in learning how to be more capable in doing them. And related to that is that it inspires greater confidence in us. Whereas in, 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 in gym class, we, we would maybe not feel as confident because we weren't as familiar or weren't as capable. The things we anticipate, we anticipate them because we feel more capable. And in turn, because of that extra capability, we feel more confident. And that confidence feels good. And finally... Among other reasons we could name, maybe there's not only less judgment in these things that we take joy in, but there is a lot more encouragement, even if we make a mistake, e even, even if we mess up, even if we're still learning, that there are people around us who, instead of laughing, who, instead of reminding us how terrible we are, instead there are people around us who say, that's okay. Let's try again. That's okay. You'll, you'll get better. That's okay. I struggle with the same thing. People who offer that kind of encouragement instead of shame, instead of judgment, that can make a humongous difference in anticipating activities rather than dreading them. You know what that stuff sounds like? All, all of these different reasons why we might approach things with more excitement and joy, that sounds a lot more like recess. That extra freedom. That, that extra confidence. That extra, that extra choice. Our ability to choose. So let me ask you this. What in your life do you view as being more like gym class. That sense of obligation, that sense of limitation, that sense uh, that you're not that capable. Places or activities where you don't feel very encouraged, if in you feel encouraged at all. And then what are those places in your life that feel more like recess? that feel looser, that come with a, better, a bigger sense of freedom, that come, that inspire greater confidence, that, that feature more choice, and that fit your interests and your skill set better. Where you receive positive feedback and positive encouragement from the people around you as you do them. What... what What's more like gym class to you in your life? And what's more like recess in your life? And then, from there, are there things that you currently view through more of a gym class lens that, are, that have the potential for you to view more like recess? Is there a way that you can step back and realize that maybe, maybe there is actually more freedom involved 
than you realized. Or that you're more capable than you thought you were. And that maybe there are even others around you. Maybe you're the only one. Maybe you are your worst critic. And all along, actually, other people value your input more than you realized. They value your contributions more than you realized. They, they are glad that you're around at all more than you realized. Now, maybe this doesn't apply to everything. And it likely won't. There are certain things that are always going to fall into the gym class category for us. And some things are simply meant to be walked away from. And maybe you haven't figured out how yet. But some things just are not healthy. They are toxic. And they will never be able to be viewed through a recess lens. But there are those other things where maybe if we took a few steps back and we really saw things for what they are, that just maybe there's more freedom, there's more ability to play than we thought. And there, are even, there might even be people hoping that we make that switch because they always thought that you were able to. So, gym class or recess? And maybe, at least for some things, you can view some more than you thought through a sense of freedom and play and joy. Thank you for listening to the Coffee House Contemplative Podcast. I'm Jeff Nelson. You can find more about my writing, including all of my books, at jeffreynelson.com. You can also find me on social media, Jeffrey A. Nelson, on Facebook, and I'm at Bold Roast Rev on both Twitter and Instagram. Have a great day.